Hello and welcome to All Things Women's Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Stroud. I'm an obstetrician, gynecologist, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I'm a small business owner, I'm a Catholic, I'm a lot of things. But today on this show, I'm your host as we talk about really all things women's health. And it doesn't matter if it's childbirth to infertility, uh, pregnancy loss to menopause, homeschooling to personal trainers. If it involves women and their health, it's on our agenda. And today joining me is a remarkable woman and a mother whose story I know is gonna be applicable to you and or someone that you know and care about. Her name is Emily Venderly, and she is joining us today to share a story, a journey really, of infertility, of pregnancy, of surprises, of perseverance, and of victory. I know that you'll enjoy it. So get comfortable as we get to know a lot more about this remarkable young woman's story. We'll be right back with all things women's health. Well, Emily, welcome to All Things Women's Health. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for sharing your story in advance. Absolutely. So your story starts sometime back. Uh, I, I didn't meet you right away at the beginning of your pregnancy journey, but why don't we start your story with getting married? Sure. Uh, and let's walk through from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my husband and I met here in Fort Wayne. Um, he's from Ohio, but we met here um, while he was in law school and um, got married in 2014 mm. um, and had a great, great wedding, beautiful wedding um, at St. Pete's downtown. Um, and we lived in, we moved to Bloomington shortly after, Bloomington, Indiana, um, and decided after living there for a while and really um, enjoying marriage together and enjoy, enjoying newlywed life, mm. um, we decided after a couple of years that it was we wanted to start thinking about having kiddos and uh, bringing them into the relationship, and um, we decided to move home at wow. that point in time. We didn't want to have kids. Those two decisions often go together. Yes, yeah. yes. We wanted to definitely have grandma and grandpa mm. um, and aunts and uncles close by, so um, we so moved. Is it fair to say that you all talked about children before you got married? Yeah. Uh, and you knew you wanted children. Absolutely. And maybe you worked out the timing of your desires. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a little unfair, I guess, but did you ever entertain the idea that you might struggle to become pregnant? Never. Right. We never did. Um, we had always talked about kids. We both wanted kids. Um, mm. We didn't we didn't come from huge families, but we both had siblings and sure. um, our siblings uh, have sibling or children and yeah. you know, we're we're very proud aunts and uncles. Um, so yeah, it's always been kind of forethought, mm -hmm. and um, nev but never ever thought that we would struggle with it. So we kind of waited. We wanted to make sure that we were strong sure. as a husband and wife before we became mom and dad. Um, and in hindsight, it, it 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 added on to our journey. But um, very happy we did it yeah. because, um, as I'm sure we'll talk about, it's it's. A lot. It's a struggle. Yeah, the path had some bumps in it. It did. It yeah. certainly did. And um, Jake was my, you know, he he lifted me up, and he was my constant. And if you know, I hadn't have had him, I don't hmm. don't know if we would have made it through. So glad so, we took um, that time. You flip the switch, so yes. to speak, and decide. Okay, now we're going to be pregnant. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what happened? Um, we tried. You know, just 
the usual way, um, I guess. And then when, you know, we weren't really seeing any results, we kind of, we had brought it up to my, my OBGYN and just said, we, we are trying. And she said, good for you. Good luck. Um, and then after we didn't see any results, um, for a couple of months, she recommended some, um, medication, Clomid. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we tried that for a couple of months, probably about eight months or so and still no results. So she then referred us to um, the next step, uh, which was um, Midwest Fertility here in Fort Wayne. Do you remember um, in those months before you did that first referral, do you remember what those feelings were like, not getting pregnant each menstrual cycle? Um, As it went on, we really didn't think about it in the beginning. We just you know, knew that sometimes it takes a little bit of time. It doesn't yeah. always happen the first go around. And um, I don't know that I was necessarily surprised. I had always had pretty irregular cycles as a teenager and everything. So I kind of knew that it, you know, maybe would be a little bit difficult. Sure. Um, and it wouldn't happen right off the bat. Um, but as it went on and on and on, we started to feel a little, a little dejected, um, a little curious why yeah um and so uh and after my OBGYN kind of recommended something we knew it was a little more serious sure. than just what she could sort of got real there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so then you're referred to a pretty traditional uh, fertility mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. and then help listeners understand what that was like um it was an interesting experience. Um, I felt very clinical, almost. Um, it was not. I. It wasn't warm. I wouldn't say. Uh, nobody we talked to. We didn't really get the feel goods from anyone we spoke with, um, and just kind of felt like we were a chart that we were talked to, hmm. um, but didn't know otherwise that it was supposed to be or could be different. Sure. Um, so we did. They did a lot of tests. Um, uh, and automatically essentially recommended um, IVF. Wow. Um, so you're still relatively newly married. You're still pretty early in this journey. Mm-hmm. And all of the sudden, so to speak, mm-hmm. someone is recommending IVF. Do you mm-hmm. remember what you were thinking then? What was that like? Um, it was shocking, definitely, to really not have been told anything different and just kind of automatically jumping there Mm. um we were surprised uh a little nervous um a little disappointed um and our minds kind of started reeling because i mean ivf is expensive and we were like this is how we have to have a family that's a surprise for sure so um it was a lot to take in in one very brief appointment yeah so. I've had patients through the years often say they felt like they they sort of stepped on an IVF conveyor belt mm-hmm. and there was just no exit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were sort of being wheeled along and it caught them off guard. Definitely. So, so what happened? IVF was recommended. Um, tell us what happened then. Um, we talked about it as um, a couple and just kind of because we – we never ruled out adoption, especially after being recommended to the clinic or yeah. the um, you know specialist. 
um, we kind of, once that really became real, we were like, well, what if we can't do this conventionally? Yeah. What then? And um, we, we never were against adoption, um, but we definitely wanted to try kind of all of our options before we did decide to go that route. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we knew IVF wasn't our only option, but when somebody with the credentials tells you that automatically, yeah. you're like, well, maybe this is my only option. So um, just a lot of discussion and kind of what mm. went next. And um, I sat in, it was of course also during COVID. Oh. Um, so that was <laughs> Everything was more scary. complicated. Yeah, yeah, it was scary. You know, the whole world is, is different. Um, so I was sitting in an appointment, in a virtual appointment, and I was kept waiting for about a half hour um, with no, you know, nobody came in to check on me. Nobody said the sure. doctor will be here in a minute. Um, and so I really took that as a sign to <laughs> to try something new. Yeah. So we did. Um, and we talked that evening. And, and my husband said, if you don't feel right about this, then let's not let's not go there yeah. um, and let's find something different. So. Yeah. We hopped on the internet. <laughs> in retrospect, um, and it's not my intent to bash IVF, but in retrospect, do you do you remember those conversations? Were you and your husband sort of automatically on the same page? Did you have to evolve to not being interested in IVF? Do you um, remember what that was like? Um, I think that we were always kind of on the same path, um, and I, I, I mean, I, I'm not, a, I'm not against it if knowing that the journey that I went on, people have to take extreme measures to have a family. Yeah. Um, so if that is your choice, that is fine. That was not our choice. Yeah. Um, we it just didn't fit in with what we were wanting. And it just never, we just never got the right feeling, I guess, about it. And it, we were both on the same page about that from the get-go. Interesting. So, yeah. Sure. So you decided there must be something else, mm-hmm. um, and then keep going. What was the yeah. something else? Um, so we got on the internet and kind of searched, and um, we really didn't do that the first go around because, like I said, my my doctor recommended it. So we were yeah. like, "Well, if you're recommending it, it's got to be right." So, um, and your name popped up, uh. <laughs> and so uh, we called, and actually we called um, Credo Family Medicine, sure, um, and. They said, I think the guy you want to talk to is Dr. Stroud. And we said, I think you're probably right. Uh, so we called the office, got an appointment and a consult set up. Um, and I believe that takes us to about January of 2021. Um, and that's when we met with you for the first wow. time. And then, uh, I mean, I should probably know the answer to this, but what what do you think, um, what was different about um, what you perceived from our approach from maybe what some would call the more traditional or more common mm-hmm. approach, because now you've done them both back to back. What do you remember standing out as being different? Um, I just remember from the beginning, really, even just calling and scheduling an appointment, I just felt better about it. I felt mm. good about it. I felt hopeful about it. Um, and everything, the, you know, from the website to um, everybody we spoke to, it just made us feel one not alone um Hmm. you know so many people go through this and so many people have these stories sure um and it's nice to know that you're not alone because it's a really hard thing to go through you know you're 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 not doing essentially what you were put on this earth Hmm. to do so it's a hard pill to swallow 
Um, but we always felt comforted and we always felt um, that things were explained to us very well. Yeah. Um, and we, it was, it seems so simple, kind of finding the answers mm-hmm. that we got from your office right. almost immediately. It's interesting. I, I find in talking to people in that situation that you're describing, um, if you just say you're not pregnant, but we'll make you pregnant, mm-hmm. there's there's just this overwhelming desire to want to understand why. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's this feeling, it's just the way our brains work. If I can know why I'm not pregnant, then I can know there's a chance I'll be pregnant. Right. But if I don't know why I'm not, it feels like it feels like this enemy that's just too big to take mm-hmm. on. Uh, and, and I find through the years, even if I give couples bad news, they will call back later and say, we feel so much better after they get over the shock because they'll say, now we can at least understand what we're fighting against right. as opposed to kind of this unseen, you know, dark force. Exactly. Um, yeah. And that's exactly how I felt even just after it was something almost so simple as a, as a blood workup that you kind of, analyzed you know all of the things and we found a couple of you know diagnoses and um it was just so much easier to wrap your head around everything um as opposed to i just feel like we were on a hamster wheel beforehand where we basically just kept getting the the information of well you're not pregnant and we don't know why. Yeah. So, well, so you picked you picked up a couple of medical diagnoses all of a sudden. Do you mm-hmm. remember those? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of. I probably <laughs> won't use all the right words for it, so you can help me out with it. Um, I know I had some hormonal imbalances. Yeah. Um, I was not ovulating. Right. Um, I had some endometriosis. And then um, the first one that I was thinking of was, was the dreaded PCOS, yes, right? Yes. Uh, often discussed, rarely understood, mm-hmm. but polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, and if I remember right, some sort of lights went off and some dots got connected from really all the way back to adolescence. Oh, yeah. Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I Like I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, I've always had some very irregular yeah. cycles um, from the beginning. Um, didn't think too much about it, uh, was never on birth control, so, uh, never really knew what a regular cycle was. <laughs> so I didn't know that they were irregular until I found out what a regular cycle, or not sure. found out, but experienced a regular cycle. Yeah. So, um, I always struggled with, um, acne. Yeah. Um, I've always experienced some pain. Sure. Um, so when I talked to you about those things and you said, well, I, that sounds very familiar to me, <laughs> you know, it, it all kind of connected the dots, yeah. like you said. So, And I, there's a look on women's face usually when we're having that talk, and it's the same look on every woman's face. Mm-hmm. You can see what's happening. She's thinking back to age 12 when all the other girls were fine and she wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, or missing sports practice in school because of wacky bleeding mm-hmm. or horrific pain. Mm-hmm. And all of a the sudden they, they realize, wow, there's something going on now, and that something was going on back then. Right. Um, and it's sort of one part frustration that I didn't know sooner, and another part elation that I finally know. Right, there's um, a diagnosis, and it's always better to have the answers. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't go back in time and and redo anything but it's just it's always better to know and it is kind of a relieving feeling to be like oh well that all makes sense why that was happening yeah 
Um, when things are logical, they're always easier to, to exactly. understand. Yeah. So you probably remember us saying, we're always asking three categories of questions, right? Mm -hmm. Category one, is there a sperm? Mm -hmm. I always think, think eighth grade biology class. Mm -hmm. Category two, is there an egg? Is the woman ovulating? And category three, can those two parties get together? So we found a category two issue, you might say, right. with PCOS and some other hormonal things and some ovulation things. Right. And we got those fixed, and I'm sure you thought, I'll be pregnant any second now. <laughs> yes. So what happened next? Um, so we kind of, we, we got on that plan um, and tried, I, I believe in our, in our initial meeting, um, we did schedule a surgery mm. just because you were a very popular man, Dr. Stroud. <laughs> so, um, and like we kind of said, we, we it, it had been a long journey up to this point. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of ready to get some answers. So we scheduled a surgery uh, just in case. Um, and then we probably looked out a few months and mm -hmm. thought, if we're not pregnant by then, mm -hmm. it would be appropriate. Let's mm -hmm. get it scheduled now. Exactly. That's a common thing. Uh, because the thinking was, if you remember, if category one and two are normal, or we get them normal, all that's left is category three. There's right. nothing else. Right. And category three is physical structural stuff right. that keeps sperm and egg from uniting. That's mainly endometriosis. Right. Um, and then with the diagnosis of polycystic ovarian syndrome, we know there's a 50 to 70% chance the woman has endometriosis. Right. So we often look ahead, just like with you, and say, we're either going to cancel and celebrate because she's pregnant or we're going to end up there. Exactly, yeah. And like you said, we, we knew that no, the Category 2 was an issue and yeah. we worked on that. And um, and then we were not sure that number three was an issue, but then come to find out it was. Yeah. Do you remember at all being, um, I'd say, maybe frustrated with a sense of, oh, no, not one more thing. I thought we fixed everything. Now you're telling me there might be another thing. Do you remember that feeling? Um, I don't know that I ever was frustrated about that because I think just having the answers after going so many years without yeah. having answers was the most frustrating. Yeah. So knowing what was happening um, felt better to me. Having yeah. those answers felt better to me. Before that first surgery, do you do you remember ever thinking this is just this is too much? Let's just forget it. Let's raise puppies. You know? <laughs> I mean, I love dogs, so yes. <laughs> um, I think we we were definitely reaching the end of our rope at yeah. that point in time. Um, we were. It's 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 so hard um, on the woman, and but I also think the unspoken um, thing is that it's it's very difficult on on their mm. husband or it's yeah. it's difficult on both of them Absolutely. you know because there's they can't do anything for you except be there and support you but they want to yeah. do everything you know they want to make it happen um, and they want you know he want he wanted a yeah. kid too so um, it was really hard it was really taxing it was emotionally draining yeah and you know there were definitely times before that surgery that I was you know thinking to myself I, I can't do this too much longer I can't yeah. do it anymore um, if you think back to sort of the lowest point um, and you you didn't give up but I know there are listeners who will hear this podcast that maybe are ready to give up or maybe have given up mm -hmm. and now they're rethinking it what do you think the difference between giving up and not giving up was why did you press on what what made that possible 
just the hope at the end of it was really what what helped us. And I remember our first meeting with you. Um, you said, "I obviously I can't guarantee anything, but I would suspect that we'll be celebrating by Christmas <laughs> that you're having a baby." And I think I know to my husband those words. That's what he really held on to. And uh. I think the same for me. You know, it was just this person who has so much experience and so much knowledge has given us this hope and um that's really what kept us going just one more little push yep one more little push. i mean we've we've done it for so long we've been at this for at that point in time four years Mm, um what's a couple more months for what could be the greatest gift of our our lives you know so uh it was very for us it was a no-brainer i know for some people especially when you're in the throes of it, it seems mm-hmm. so easy to just throw in the towel and and give up, but believe me, it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> did you do, as I think most everyone has done, did you notice that everyone around you was pregnant? Yes, <laughs> I was going to talk about that. It was so hard for us, not only the obvious, the you know infertility struggles, but yeah. we were at the prime age where our friends were having babies, our family was having babies, our dogs were having, everyone (laughs) was having a baby except us. And you, you feel so conflicted because you want to feel so happy for them and you want, and you are happy for them. You know, we, like I said, I'm a proud aunt and I love all of my nieces and nephews, but at the same time, when you hear that news, you're so excited and so elated, but this, it just, it's like a knife through your heart because you're not the one celebrating. Yeah. I think we hear that every single day yes and it's it's difficult and like you said it just seems like you know it's not true but everybody you know is having a baby at in that moment the other thing that i hear from patients always is that suddenly everyone they knew became a phd in pregnancy problems Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and i was flooding them with advice Mm -hmm. Uh, often well-intended but often bad yes yes (laughs) did you experience some of that as well we did yeah you know we have friends and family and and god love them they wanted to be supportive and and they were just trying to help but and i and i feel bad saying it because you know that it's coming from you know the truest intentions but it's you just want to say please please stop this is not helpful (laughs) um but you you know we took it with a grain of salt and you know we appreciate all of their support um I mean, there's probably a lesson there for any listeners who might find themselves in that other position, you know, where they're encountering a relative or a friend Mm -hmm. or a coworker um, that's not pregnant. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we should all probably just remember Mm -hmm. they may be in the throes of a horrible infertility battle. Mm -hmm. um, And the slightest wrong look or wrong phrase could be devastating. It can be. It can be. And. You know, I tried. I tried to extend grace um, in those situations because, like I said, you know, it's coming from you know yeah. a good place in their heart, and they just don't. They don't know. They didn't. They didn't experience it, so they yeah. don't know. But um, it is hard. You know, just just be careful when, yeah. or be gentle when you're talking to people, especially if you don't really know what's going on with them. So yeah, I've heard it said, um, what couples need when they're in the midst of a journey like that is empathy and compassion, Mm -hmm. not advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So provide lots of the first two and Mm -hmm. leave the third off. Exactly, (laughs) yes, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. So we decide there's a date in the future that if you're not pregnant by that date, 
Um, we're going to look inside. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember what you were thinking when we were describing we're going to look inside? Because that's pretty invasive. It is, but I don't think that I realized that. Um, <laughs> you know, I I think I just thought um, I had had a procedure prior to coming to FMCC, and it was I'm not going to say the I don't know the name, but they essentially injected dye into I, the uterus. An HSG yes. is what we usually yes. call it. Sure. Um, and so, and I remember thinking, oh, this is no big deal. It was outpatient. I got to, I drove myself home, and sure. it. It was horrible. (laughs) And so I remember thinking to myself, if I can do that, I can do anything. And uh, boy, did I underhype myself for that. But um, I don't think I realized the severity is probably not the right word, but um, the complexity of it um, until afterwards. So I think I was a little laissez-faire about Mm. that, you know. Um, But I also think I purposely did that knowing that it was important and it was an yeah. important next step in our journey so. so we looked inside and we found some stuff mm-hmm. um, try to help listeners understand what you heard and what it was like to hear that sure um, we well I really didn't initially immediately I didn't hear a lot because I was still you know under uh so i remember my husband kind of getting a report and and he you know talking to me and he said it looked good um he cleaned a lot of stuff out this these are my husband's words right um cleaned a lot of stuff out um i believe he said i think one of your tubes is blocked and i was still waking up and i was like what does that mean what is that like this is (laughs) this is a lot of information to get when you're coming out of anesthesia um so then you came in and talked to us and kind of uh expounded upon that Um, and we did we found a lot of endometriosis and um, I do believe one of my tubes was blocked um, which you said you know not impossible just makes things a little more difficult Um, and it was it was a relief to know that you know we kind of got some stuff cleaned out um, Mm. and we were hopeful and you were hopeful that uh, you know it was a success and that it was going to help us. So, so do you remember feeling overwhelmed or um, sort of overtaken, you might say, by yeah. another diagnosis and a bad one at that? Um, I, 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 I feel like I kind of blocked it out. <laughs> the the uh, the latter part of it, you know, I feel like I was I just told myself you did this. This was a positive overall. Yeah. Um, take the win. And so, um, and knowing I had spoken to somebody else who had undergone the same surgery. Sure. Um, and they took a couple months, almost a year to conceive. Yeah. So I was kind of setting myself up for mm-hmm. that to know that it wasn't going to be immediate. Yeah. It was It was not the cure-all, yeah. but it was a step in the right direction. It's a tough conversation. I mean, you know, the conversation is never going to be husband to wife. How was your day? Oh, my day was great. I found out, you know, I had cancer today. How was your day? You know, that's mm-hmm. not a conversation that takes place. Mm-hmm. And I think endometriosis is equally serious. It's not going to shorten your life, but it's certainly going to affect your life uh, in ways that most people never perceived. Right. So it's hard to explain the, the seriousness of it, the gravity of it, without losing hope, so right. to speak, and getting pretty dark. 
but it's a it's a devastating diagnosis. It is. And I don't think I realized that until kind of after I had gotten the diagnosis and then all of a sudden it felt like, you know, news stories were popping up about celebrities who were suffering <laughs> from endometriosis and, yeah. you know, how they're speaking out about it. And to me, I had never um, I think I'm I'm one of the few women who who does have endometriosis and didn't experience, you know, debilitating pain. Yeah. Um, so I am lucky in that regard. So I never really knew that it was there. Yeah. Um, That's actually a great point in that about 50 percent of women who have endometriosis do not have pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the absence of pain, they think it's impossible. I couldn't have it. Right. But only about 50 percent, the other 50 percent have the kind of sort of Google pain that you read about. Um, so the absence of pain is not necessarily a, 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 you know, a green light. The presence of pain is suspicious, but the absence right. of it doesn't mean. So you fit into that, that other 50% category. Right. So I think that that also kind of made you know, once once we found once we found out that I had it and then kind of doing a little more research on it about how hard it can make things, that was kind of an eye opener. Yeah. Um and so that just made us even more relieved to know that, you know, we had we'd gone in there and kinda of cleaned it out. So um it was all good. For the most part we were very, very hopeful yeah. after the surgery. Um, you know, yes it came with some some not as good news, but I think we just try at this point in time, especially we were trying to focus on the positive. Yeah. So now you have a diagnosis of PCOS, mm-hmm. not a casual diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Now you pick up another diagnosis of endometriosis. Oh, and by the way, 50% of your tubes uh, are maybe compromised. Yes. Um, and so you get over the surgery and you guys take off with hopefully new hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what happens next? Uh, well, it, we did. I feel like after the surgery, we really kicked it into high gear. You know, we were very, we had been charting the whole time. And, um, but I feel like after the surgery, our eye was on the prize and we were like, we're going to do this. We're doing Uh it. So, um, which is a good thing. It did definitely keep us going, but it also, it's very hard when it becomes an obsession. Um, It certainly takes the uh, romance and surprise out of, out of it, you know, yeah. the fun the fun out of it. Yeah, we take what is supposed to be a beautiful, spontaneous event between husband and wife, mm-hmm. and we turn it into a to-do list. Yes, um, yes. And to not speak of that, I think, is is to not be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I wish I had a way to fix that. Right. The only way I know to fix it is to just call it out for what it is. Right, exactly. Uh, but but it, it, you're not alone. I mean, everyone struggles with that. And, and what I think is funny, so to speak, anecdotally, is at least in my observation, men struggle with it more than their wives do. I would agree with which that. Which doesn't exactly <laughs> fit the stereotype, right? Right. right. Um, but men struggle. I've had husbands call me and say, "What did you tell my wife? <laughs> you know, I'd like the old one back. Yeah. You know, you've turned her into this, you know, sort of fertility machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a huge problem, especially when it's been a long journey. Exactly. You can get very task oriented. Yes, um, exactly. And it is. It's like you said, it's a to-do list and it just seems very, um, you know, it's, it's 
it's just not spontaneous. It's right. not. It's it's just not almost. It's not fun anymore. Sure. And and it it should be. You know. Yeah. And you you never you you've resigned yourself to knowing that you're never going to have that moment where you just happen to take a pregnancy <laughs> test and you just happen <laughs> to find out you're pregnant. You just yeah. you're never going to have that. Yeah. And it's okay. I mean, it's still a wonderful journey, but uh, it's it's just a bummer. It's not Hollywood. Yeah, it is not. It's yeah. not a movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. So you start trying, um, and then you get some news a couple of months we later. Do, yeah. Um, it was July, and we were days away from moving into a new house. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, and um, my period had been late, and so I, which really didn't, it was not, you know, alarm bells for me because, like I had said, you've done that, yeah. Been there, done that. So, um, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna t- take a test just in case find out fully expecting to see another negative yeah uh and it was positive (laughs) yeah so uh told my husband we were both i think in shock um for sure and but absolutely delighted yeah i mean i I know it's probably impossible to describe but try to describe for listeners after all these years now we're five years about mm-hmm. in your journey, mm-hmm. you finally get a positive test. Mm-hmm. What was that feeling like? Surreal. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know that I automatically believed it. Of course. Uh, right. It took me a long time to actually grasp that I was pregnant. Mm. Um, and I really had no symptoms. So that was another thing. And I think that after such a long journey, I was also just preparing myself for more bad news, yeah. so this is a false, t- uh, false positive. Um, this is a cheap test, and it's wrong. <laughs> you know, all of these things. I are, hear those I, every day. Yes, yes. Uh. yes. So um, while we were ecstatic and so happy, I think we were also protecting ourselves to yeah. realize that we were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. So, um, which I kind of sounds bad, but. Uh, just after so much disappointment, sure. you you kind of have to prepare yourself for and that. protect your heart. Yeah. yeah. So, but enough time and enough pregnancy tests yes. are positive that yes. eventually you start to believe it. Yes. Uh, and you're pregnant. So yes. You cruise through pregnancy. What was yeah. that like? Um, it was it was great for the most part. I actually, um, especially in the beginning, I really had no symptoms. Um, and so no negative symptoms, I should say, um, no nausea or anything. Uh, we did have to do injections, progesterone Uh, injections. So, um, and I think we were not surprised by that just because of course we did. Sure. Um, The hormonal story just made sense. Yes. So, um, you know, other than that, it was a picture perfect pregnancy and, uh, he, a healthy little boy. Um, we loved hearing his heartbeat and, you know, doing all the, all the I'm things. sure you know plenty of women who have been pregnant. Do you, do you gather in talking to women without a fertility journey that just became pregnant without any forethought? Do you gather they experience pregnancy differently maybe than you and your husband did? Um, perhaps. Um, I, I don't want to say that they take it for granted because I don't sure. think anybody does, but I do think that the entire pregnancy we were so anxious and so scared that something was going to happen. Sure. Because why wouldn't it? You yeah. know, 
based off of everything that has happened up to now, we were just scared and um, mm. just waiting for it to happen, just right. waiting for a call or waiting for that bad news. So um, while we enjoyed every moment of it, uh, I think we were both very happy when it was over <laughs> and we had we had him here in our arms and he was safe and healthy. Nice. So. But that's not the end of your story. That is not the end of my story. So you have your son, yes. and um, you've now joined the, the Parenthood Club. Yes. And uh, some circles under your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what happens next? Um, well, I think it was we had, we had talked, and we, we always knew we wanted more kids. <laughs> um, and so after we got past the newborn stage where we didn't sleep, um, I said, well, might be a little soon, but what do we think about number two? Yeah. And I think my husband was like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm not ready for all He's that. He's not the first to question <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, I don't, you know, I don't want to be pregnant tomorrow. Yeah. Trust me. Um, but if you'll recall, it took us five years. So yeah. uh, we don't have five years to wait. We are, I mean, I'm not old, but, you know, I'm 32 and my husband's a little older than I am. So, um the clock was definitely ticking. Sure. So, uh, you know, we kind of talked about it, and uh, we started very, very casually trying um, right before our son turned one. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, a couple months went by, nothing really happened. So uh, we decided to call you up again. <laughs> yeah. And that scenario is, by the way, a very common scenario. You know, we did some things, pregnancy happened, some time goes by. Mm -hmm. Now we're ready to be pregnant again. What do we do? Mm -hmm. Academically, do we go back and start over mm -hmm. or do we start from where we left off? Mm -hmm. I think that varies probably by fertility practice, but we tend to say, let's start with a recipe that worked, recognizing we might have to modify because right. it's been a year, year and a half, maybe longer. So some things may have changed, right. but generally it's sort of a, a little bit of retesting, a little bit of re- um, rediscovering, making sure nothing's changed, but back to the regimen, right. um, and make and assuming that's going to work again. But it's a unique spot to be in because I think maybe you felt this. People think it couldn't happen twice. Mm -hmm. There's no way I could get that lucky again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So then, what happened after uh, we started working again? Um, so we we tried for um, you know we we got back on some medication and uh, got back kind of on our plan yeah. like you said um, and tried a little longer and and still we're not seeing any yeah. results um, and so we both kind we, my husband and I decided and in talking to you we kind of thought well we're probably gonna have to do surgery again yeah um, and and we were okay with that you know we yeah. we expected it I think we both came into it expecting the worst you know everybody we talked to was like well you had it once maybe yeah. things will just fall into place right and so um, and while that would be wonderful if that happened uh, we both kind of knew that's probably not gonna happen so yeah um, so we got surgery on the books um, and kept kept trying and then um, Miraculously, we did find out we were pregnant again, mm. um, and it was a weird string of events. Uh, we had we had talked to you, and we were actually inducing a cycle. Um, and uh, while I was waiting for that cycle to start, 
uh, waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> um, we were <laughs> we were going on vacation, um, and I thought to myself, you know, we're going. And I had been nauseous a couple uh, of sure. for about a week or so, and I was like, you know, we're going on vacation. Um, I should probably test just to make sure, you know, just sure. to be sh- safe. And lo and behold, it came back positive. Yeah. Um, and this was actually just a couple weeks ago. Mm. So um, went downstairs and just absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. I mean, we were shocked the first time, but I was – there are no words to describe how shocked I was this time. <laughs> so um, – and so – told my husband um and we were we both didn't believe it immediately I don't think um and so I had told him I said I am a little worried um because we're on this plan to Mm. induce a cycle I don't know what that means yeah um we're kind of in the middle of it and he said well let's call the office first thing tomorrow and I said that's fine uh, so we did, um, and but before I could do that, I woke up the next morning and um, experienced what I was almost positive had been a miscarriage that yeah. evening. So um, it was hard. It was hard. It was the highest of highs, finding out we were pregnant, um, and then in a swing of about 12 hours, kind of experiencing a miscarriage, which is just it's awful yeah. as I'm sure a lot of people know and, and understand. So, um, did some tests and it was all very, very hurried because like I said, we were leaving for vacation, right. um, but wanted to make sure that everything was, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, before we left and then, um, got some confirmation when we returned. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, at least 20% of the women listening have had a loss, probably mm-hmm. probably more. Mm-hmm. But to the other percentage of people that, that haven't, I mean, w- what do you take away from that, experiencing that high and that low so close together like that? Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how to, everybody's different. You know, everybody. Yeah. Um, handles these things differently and I think I went through a lot of different phases mm-hmm. um, shock to begin with um, and then obviously sadness um, and pain um, yeah. you know to acceptance and I just kept telling myself it wasn't meant to be uh, at this time and so, and a little bit of guilt, um, because I feel like when we first saw that test, uh, I was like, are we ready? Are we really ready? Because oh, I think we sure. had really set ourselves up for knowing that, you know, we were going to do the surgery. And after that, we had kind of had a timeline in our head. Sure. And so this was a surprise. Mm. And so um, I was like, this throws a wrench in my plans and everything. And so then after losing it, it was you know, did I, did I bring this by myself? Was I, you know, all of, all of the thoughts that you have in your head. And the best I can say is, is, is feel your feelings, um, you know, mourn. Um, but I don't, don't, I kept thinking back, you know, a lot of would have, could have, should have, and it, it, you can't do that. Mm. Um, because you can't go back in time. So, yeah. 
and you're in the midst of it now, so mm-hmm. it's it's really not very fair of us to be asking you about your feelings, but yet they're real and 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 they're there. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest challenges women that have had, whether it's one loss or ten losses, is there's this, um, you know, sort of a worldly uh, feeling that says you're fine, you're mm-hmm. young, you'll have surgery, you'll be pregnant again, mm-hmm. move on, mm-hmm. go back to work. Yeah. Uh, and yet your heart is telling you you lost a child. Yeah. Uh, and the, the two against each other, I think, is what creates the conflict. Um, because you, you should be mourning you lost a child. Right. That, in what world would that not hurt? Um, but it's hard sometimes because people just, they get mixed messages from us in healthcare, from friends, from coworkers, employers, uh, you, you name it. It can be so tough to deal with the conflict of emotions there. Right. And, and mixed messaging, I think. Definitely, yeah, and I feel like you know, for I was I was all over the board because I I feel like I never really got to even accept that I I was pregnant before I lost it. But yeah. then in retrospect, you know, you you're you were, and yeah. and it and it happened. So I think there was a little bit of denial. Um, there was just a lot of emotions, yeah. and um, it's hard because you know you don't. It's not something you really you know you don't go into the office and say hey guys you know I just had a miscarriage let's talk about it so um it's a very isolated struggle yeah um and and I my husband was so supportive but even to him you know he he it wasn't his body he didn't experience so it was hard for him to kind of um know it's pretty abstract. Mm-hmm. Uh, your husband might be an example, but an exception, I mean. But a lot of us husbands struggle sometimes with the abstract mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. you look the same. Nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah. It's just another day. Right. But yet, at the same time, you know this horrible thing has happened. Right. It's hard to know what to do in that sort of abstract environment there. It and, is, yeah. Um, and especially, you know, like I said, the shoulda, could haves were the yeah. biggest thing. Like, what if I didn't take a pregnancy test? I wouldn't have known. And sure. this would have just been the period that I was expecting. So, right. um, but, you know, it was just another bump in our journey. Yeah. Um, it makes us stronger. Um, and it will make, hopefully, our our uh, pregnancy and our, our, our baby that much more of a treasure. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, that's probably a good segue as we as we begin to wrap up of, you know, looking back on your journey, um, what are the biggest lessons learned? If you're advising, you know, young women on the eve of their journey, mm-hmm. um, what do you think are those biggest lessons that you've taken away from all of this? Wow, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, patience is a virtue, as we all know. Um, be patient. Trust your journey. Embrace it. Um, you know, while it is very difficult, um, it's your story, no matter what. So um, own it and embrace it and, and uh, accept help, accept support where you can um, and where you feel comfortable. Um, and just give yourself grace. Mm-hmm. Do things that make you feel good. Um, you know, the 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 day that I uh, experienced a miscarriage, I went and got my nails done, <laughs> and my husband was like, "Really?" And I was like, "You know, I just needed, I just needed it." So, yeah. you know, carve out some time for you. Carve out some time to be sad, mm. but also carve out time to be happy. So, 
Um, that's what worked for me. Yeah. Uh, keep with it and I guess keep the faith. Mm. Uh, and we keep saying, you know, what's meant to be will be. And we have gotten so much. You know, we have our beautiful little boy <laughs> who is perfect. And so, and even if, you know, we don't have another child, we have been blessed with so much. So we mm. try and remember that and we try and be grateful for that. Um, and, um, you know, just just embrace it all. Mm. So That sounds like sound advice for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing uh, your journey with us. I hope Absolutely. I hope sometime you can come back on the show and tell us about the next five or six kids yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and how well that's gone for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I hope, uh, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed um, this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as if we even have enjoyed sharing it with you. Um, are there topics that you'd like to know more about? Uh, are there things that you'd like us to cover? You have questions that that you'd like us to dedicate an episode to? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach me directly at Dr. Stroud at fertilityandmidwifery.com. You can message me directly, 260-450-8878. I'd love to hear your ideas. Also, I want to say a special thank you to our friends here at Spoke Street Media, without whom this podcast would simply be impossible. You can look at a plethora of amazing content at spokestreet.com, so check them out. So thanks again for listening to All Things Women's Health. I hope you'll like and subscribe. I'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, thanks for joining me. I'm Dr. Chris Stroud. 